Hello everyone, 7 Investing CEO Simon Erickson here, and thank you for listening to the 7 Investing Podcast. Our podcast is made possible by our subscribers, who allow us to empower you to invest in your future each and every month. In exchange, we give our subscribers exclusive access to our monthly stock market recommendations from each of our lead advisors. To support this podcast and join other 7 Investing fans in our exclusive subscribers forum, where we discuss the latest market moves in real time, go to 7investing.com slash subscribe to subscribe to 7investing today. We're here to empower you to invest in your future. We are 7investing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 7investing podcast. I'm JT Street from the 7investing marketing team, and I am joined today by Simon Erickson, and we are going to talk a firm, a firm, the payments processor who is disrupting the credit card industry, got disrupted itself uh, this week with a sell recommendation from uh, a Wall Street broker. And uh, well, people took them up on it, <laughs> or at least uh, that's what is happening today. Uh, we're going to talk about it and, and see uh, what this means for long-term investors. So Simon, good morning. Uh, good to see you today. Hey, JT. Glad to, glad to be here and glad to be talking about a firm this morning. So let's go ahead and, and set the table here. Uh, yesterday, uh, Compass Point downgraded a firm as, as a sell after recommending them, I guess, about six months to go. Uh, they gave them a, uh, a, the dreaded price target, right, of, uh, of 13. The company was trading at about 20 at the time. And uh, people looked at that and said, well, that's scary and sold. Uh, the company is now trading down uh, around the 1617. So uh, dropped uh, a pretty nice 17% uh, haircut in a day and then uh, a, a little bit more. Uh, in, the, in the sell report, they said that the, the challenging macro environment and the consumer credit crunch and yada, 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 uh, were all why the firm is now no longer going to, to do what they thought it was going to do six months ago. So what Simon just to eat, and I, and I realize I'm being slightly flippant on my take on it, but what's your take on this? Yeah, right. So a firm has kind of become the poster child of buy now, pay later, right? Uh, and I think that kind of the, the joke on this is that you know, the stock after this downgrade is, is sell now, buy later. <laughs> just get out when the financing is more expensive and people aren't uh, buying things online. Um, because it's a tough macro. And I think that this is exactly why the downgrade took place. I titled the article, Why a Firm's Downgrade is a Long-Term Opportunity for Investors, because it is very short-term focus. It just says, look, finance is expensive and we're in a tough macro right now. We recommend you sell the shares and they put a $13 price target out there. And I think that's missing a lot of the bigger picture trends that are really, really favorable for a firm. Uh, keeping in mind, this company is founded and led by Max Levchin, who was the CTO of PayPal, a small little company that kind of made a name for itself in the payment space. But it, even that has its own limitations. I think a firm is a much stronger two-sided payments network, which is gaining a lot of traction in a lot of ways that are not appearing in that sell report. I still think it's a long-term opportunity for investors. I'm trying to wrap my head around the sell report, Simon, and and to me, it it doesn't factor in something that I think is really kind of intrinsic to human behavior, which is well, at least at least American behavior, uh, which is uh, 
not being very frugal, right? So we don't like to be told no in this country, uh, despite, you know, macro inflationary, whatever, I, I still want a coffee maker or I still want this or that. So I'm going to buy that because I'm an American and dang it, I want it now. I have no impulse control or, <laughs> you know, anything like that. So, uh, you know, I don't actually see this environment as being awful for a firm. I, I've used buy now, pay later stuff because I am still buying things and I don't want to pay interest on them. And I'll gladly use a firm to, or, or a, a similar uh, mechanism to buy something and not pay interest on it for six months and, and break that up over, over six months of payments. So to, to me, that's, that's the, the, the what, you know, kind of like disbelief of, of this self-direct is like, if anything, I would think that companies like Affirm would be doing great right now as more people look for ways to shelter themselves from the high interest rates of credit cards. Yeah. And, and to be very clear, this is not just another company that is going to look like a credit card company. Right. The whole reason that a firm exists is because it saw that credit cards are bad for consumer financing. Right. Like we, we get in trouble when we have credit cards. We, we, we get late fees that we get hit with. We get compounding interest if we don't pay off the balance at the end of the month. And it's kind of created this financial mess for, for a lot of America. Right. And a firm said, what if we could, rather than do it this way, we just transparently disclose up front here's how much you're going to pay back over four payments, six payments, eight payments, whatever the term you want it to be at. This is the interest rate you're going to pay in interest, but you're also not going to compound that. And we're not going to give you any late fees and we're not going to compound your interest. You're just going to pay it in four installments in the future. Buy now, pay later, but don't get into trouble. And a firm was also very, very responsible on how they're actually making those loans. They're not going out there and say, hey, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you know, like, like an Oprah show or anything like that. It's, it's kind of one of these, you know, responsible. They're going to do their own, um, their own credit worthiness scoring of everybody that is going to get a, a loan because the firm is actually putting a lot of these on its own balance sheet. And so it's bypassing FICO and the traditional credit scores. And it's got its own, its own credit worthy algorithms that Levchin is so good at, at designing, uh, which it basically just gets from asking a couple of questions, you know, what's your name, what's your email address. And then it kind of knows enough about you, crazy as that is, to know if you're credit worthy or not and what kind of loan you should be getting. And so when you want to go out and buy a vacuum cleaner, like I did last year, now you have an option at the end. It's not just you want to pay with your debit card or credit card or PayPal. Now you can actually use a firm as one of the options, buy now, pay later, embedded into Amazon, embedded into Shopify, embedded into 254,000 merchants already as a new option of how you can actually finance that purchase and pay for it over time. And I think that this is a, this is a, this is a big thing, JT. I mean, um, I have a fun trivia for you that out of Black Friday, you know, the biggest retail day of the year last year, 2022, we're about to come up on it again here in 2023, but I have the number from last year. What percentage of the overall American retail purchases made on Black Friday were actually paid for using buy, not pay later? Keeping in mind, most people have never even heard of this as an option. Oh gosh. Two percent. Which would be very high, right? You would think two percent for would be a pretty pretty big number. I was I was uh, being actual, generous. Yeah. The the actual number was ten point two percent. 
of purchases wow. last year were made using buy now, pay later. And uh, going back in time to 2020, that was only 3.8%. So you see a tripling in share of this. This is definitely a very long-term trend that's developing. And I mean, still, um, you know, a firm, we can, we, can, we can bellyache about the current macro a lot right now, but still their GMV, their gross merchandising volume is growing at 30% year over year, 25, 30%. Um, of the total volume of things that are being purchased with its buy now, pay now solution, pay now, pay now solution. I, I think there's there's legs to this. You know, I think this is going to be one that kind of like PayPal, you get a winner take most or a couple of winners take most. And as this is growing legs and getting traction out there, I think they're in a great position to benefit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We, as investors, and, and I think specifically the, the folks who play in this price target space and this, this recommendation space, they, that like the folks who put out the, the sell rec on a firm, they're playing a different game, I think, than the long-term investors are. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing the swing trades and they're, they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy this and then, you know, if it doesn't work out immediately, I'm out. Yeah, I, I look back at a firm, you know, it's a very new company in terms of being a publicly traded company, uh, debuted to quite a lot of fanfare in 21. Uh, I, I believe at its peak, uh, the stock was trading around the 160 mark, right? And, and now you can pick some up for like 10% of that. And so to, to me, when I look at the risk reward here, if I'm gonna buy a stock and hold it for three to five years, you know, I'm not saying we're like, we're going to 10X on a firm in the next, you know, five years. But even if this, this sell recommendation is correct and, and it goes down to 13, at, at some point, the macro environment's going to change. Like, are you really going to be sad if you buy it 17 and it dips to 13 before going back up to wherever it is when when the the macro does turn around i mean to to me that even if they're even if his thesis is correct that, that there's going to be temporary headwinds it's saying it in the thesis right it's different so it it, it surprises me to see and maybe it doesn't anymore right after after the last two years maybe it doesn't surprise me to see this kind of reaction anymore but as somebody who's looking long-term, I'm, I'm more interested in a firm now than I was 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's look at lending as a general, you know, just as the industry of lending, right? Let's go back in time to, you know, right before the financial crisis. Let's look at, you know, 26, 2006, 2007, you know, and then kind of the, the next decade, you know, the lending environment that was out there. And then what led us to the financial collapse and you know in from from the, the housing market i mean like this is something that you know you have to do responsible lending you can't just go out there and raise a lot of money and then just loan out a lot of money and then just you know not be held accountable for 
lending responsibly. It, the companies that blow up, the banks that blow up, had perverse incentives. They had bad lending stands, whatever it was. And then they just had a lot of bad loans that they made. And they blows up your balance sheet. And so the secret sauce, the competitive advantage for a company like a firm isn't immediately obvious. It's behind the curtain of how well are they assessing the creditworthiness and what is the quality of the loans that they're making. Either that they're holding on their own balance sheet, they're generating revenue through interests, through interest payments that, you know, just consumers are paying back over time responsibly, hopefully, uh, or they're selling them off to others or taking them off the balance sheet and selling them to others who say, okay, yes, we trust you affirm that you've made some good loans and you've got the right people. Or they're getting revenues from the retailers who are saying, hey, affirm, you've got an app that's got millions of people that are using it all the time. If you see that Simon Erickson likes New Orleans Saints gear because he's bought a lot of that in the past, maybe you can sneak in an advertisement from us to go buy some New Orleans Saints stuff we'd like to deliver on his doorstep because there's a game coming up and he probably wants that flag. You know, things like that, it's just like you can imagine the lift, the, the, the lift in um, sales that retailers are getting. You can imagine if you have responsible lending, the improvements that you'll have long-term from collecting interest and not writing off bad debt that you have from irresponsible borrowers. And then you have the, the benefit of having partners that are going to either give you financing or want to buy those, uh, those, those ongoing loans that you have in relationships with, with consumers from the purchase. So the real thing to look at is the delinquency rates. And uh, I won't go too into the weeds on this, but you know, you did see um, even a firm, even in the tough environment we're in, JT, and I think everybody would agree, this is a tough macro out there. A firm improved its already industry-leading credit delinquency rates by another 30 basis points year over year from where we were in 2022. And I think that's just downright impressive because you see like the commitment that they have, the financing costs, the bad debt expenses that, they, that they're writing off, and just the overall transaction costs that they have as a percentage of GMV or percentage of revenue. Uh, the responsible management of this business is everything if you're going to be in this for the long run. And that's why I think that a company like a firm is doing, is doing very well. I mean, you kind of have to look at what's going on behind the curtain if you're a long-term investor. Um, the cycle's going to go up and the cycle's going to go down. A firm was selling, like you said, for $160 when uh, interest rates were zero and everybody was, was flush with cash from the pandemic, from the stimulus checks that was being put out there. So now it's kind of like the tightening of the belt. We're laying off, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees in the tech sector. I mean, this is kind of what the American economy is going to go through. Certainly a firm is exposed to that. But I just think it's the wrong time to sell at the very bottom right now before you at least look at some of the bigger picture trends that are going on, you know, improving their credit delinquency rates, growing GMV at 25 to 30% a year and becoming stronger when a lot of others in this industry are just kind of fizzling out. To me, that's more of a buy than a sell, in my opinion. Yeah. One of the things I've been impressed with a firm by, I, I don't own the stock, but I've kind of kept an eye on them uh, since, you know, they, they popped on my radar is how many more places I'm seeing that logo. Yeah. They, they really are doing a good job of partnering up with, you know, different companies to offer their services as a payment mechanism when you're not even a member, right? So like... You can, you can buy your, you know, online purchase wherever. And then at the checkout screen, it's like, oh, hey, by the way, do you want to do a firm just by clicking a button? It's like, yes, I do. Thank you very much. So I, I think those kinds of partnerships and integrations are going to help them, um, you know, capture more of those sales where you know, don't make me think about it as a consumer, just give me the option 
and I'll take it. So, um, that, that's a nice place to be in. And, and I see them being the one capturing quite a bit of that. It's kind of neat too, when you kind of see that these things tend to build upon themselves, right? You get the foundation of this buy now, pay later, or whatever you want to give the installments, payments that's done response. And then people start using it more, right? They're using more transactions per consumer, you know, because they're buying more things online with the firm. But the interesting one is offline JT. I mean, they've literally got what they call the Affirm card now, right? So instead of using your credit card at the grocery store, you can go in beforehand, you can use the app and say, okay, I want to pay for everything in full installments. And rather than always using your credit card for everywhere that you go, because you probably got, you know, some kind of cash back or some kind of loyalty reward. Imagine if you can start paying for that over time, not all up front, and you start getting those same loyalty perks and rewards that you used to get from credit cards. I mean, I think this is kind of a, the disruptor to the traditional MasterCards and Visas of the world that we've used for decades. But still, they were only capturing a limited amount of information about the transaction, about the demographic of their users. A firm's got a, a much, much larger pool of information that they can use to get retailers tied in with consumers. So it's going to be interesting to see this story play out over the next decade. All right. Cutting on the credit cards. Heard it here first. All right, Simon, thank you so much for this update. If you would like to uh, look more under the hood at Affirm and, and discover more about this company or any of the companies that we've looked into here at 7investing, you can do so by becoming a 7investing subscriber. Do that. Go to 7investing.com slash subscribe. You'll get your first week for just a dollar. You'll also get our buy guide. Uh, if you sign up for a yearly subscription, and that is our seven strategies for determining when a stock is a buy. It's a great guide. I've read it. I highly recommend you do too. You'll get that as part of your subscription when you subscribe to 7investing.com. We'll put all the links for that in the description of the podcast below. Uh, for Simon Erickson, I'm JT Street. Thank you so much for listening today. And at 7investing, we empower you to invest in your future.